0: Penny for Your Thoughts is powered by Savings.com.au, your home of consumer
1: finance news, guides, and product comparisons. Ready to make sense of your finances? It's time for another episode of Penny for Your Thoughts. Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of penny for your thoughts i'm emma and i'm hannon so for those of you who are renting or living at home with your parents and are desperate to get into the housing market this episode is for you we know how hard it is to save for a deposit even if you take away this high inflationary environment we're in soaring interest rates sky high property prices that just seem way out of reach and the fact that women are already behind given the gender pay gap but it doesn't mean you'll never achieve the ultimate dream of home ownership. So the question remains, how do you save for a house deposit as a woman? Here's a little bit of background and info to think about. According to CoreLogic's 2023 Women & Property Report, it would take women 9.4 years to save a 20% deposit on the median Australian dwelling value, compared to 8.3 years for men based on average weekly full-time earnings data. While full-time earnings are used as the official measure of the gender pay
0: gap in Australia, women are overrepresented in part-time employment, which tends to attract lower pay. Based on labour force figures as of December 2022, women accounted for 68.1% of Australians in part-time employment and 38.7% of those in full-time employment. This further contributes to the overall pay disparity between men and women, which may have implications for access to home ownership.
1: I just think it's crazy that women have to wait I one know. whole year until they can build up the same deposit it's not as a man. Fair. It's so unfair. Oh, I know, like while men and women both have inflation and rising interest rates to worry about, we have an additional worry <coughs> which like you just said seems mm, really unfair. unfair. Like isn't it time we're all on the same playing field yep I mean I think we could go on a tangent here but we'll leave that for another time but (laughs) I know I'm writing an article at the moment
0: for the magazine um, about the gender gap in property investing and home ownership just generally and surprise surprise there's another huge disparity there too um, which the gender pay gap definitely has a lot to answer for Mm -hmm. so like 36% of investment properties in Australia are owned by men compared with 29% of investment properties that are owned by women Wow. Um, and when it comes to owner occupation homes, 29% of residential housing stock is owned by men, and 26% of residential houses are owned by women, and that's solo um, men and women, that's not including like couples. Oh, okay, Um, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's just mental. So, what can women do to build up their house deposit, ASAP? Here to tell us is Rachel O'Han, Finance Director at Blue Rock. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me,
2: very excited. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about BlueRock and what you guys do? Yeah, we're a growing team um, of a business and wealth experts who will work together to get the best outcome for our um, business owners and investors. We don't only have a finance team, we have lawyers, finance brokers, digital specialists, insurance brokers, financial wealth planners and accountants. Awesome. And so obviously, because we're talking about house deposits,
1: and it's a very big deal right now, especially because house prices are rising. So that means more people need to save, you know, save a lot more to get that 20% deposit if they don't want to pay LMI. What are some steps women should be taking to save for a house deposit? So should they be like creating a budget, analysing their spending, anything like that?
2: Yeah, well, you always have to start with creating a budget to know what your spending is and how much you can actually save in reality Um, and then working through, you know, what's a necessity and what's not. Um, I'm a spender, so I always (laughs) have to take myself off Instagram or something like that where I get all these feeds of buying new things. It doesn't (laughs) help when you're trying to save for things. Um, But it's always important to prepare for a budget Automate your savings, so have your savings deducted already from your salary, so your payroll can deduct certain amounts, so you don't have to think about it um, every week. And then consider investing. So depending on how long away you think you're going to be able to buy the home, it might be a two-year plan. So it might be an option then to seek advice from a wealth advisor and consider investing rather than holding the term deposits or high-interest savings accounts.
1: Okay, so that was, I guess, my follow-up question. It was, you know, should our house deposit pot that we've got that we're, you know, building up, should that be put in a separate savings account to stop us from dipping into it?
2: It's really up to each individual. I know that if it's in a separate account, it doesn't get touched, and I know that's going to be a long-term plan, and then I know what every week is in the, the main account is can be spent. Um, so most definitely I think it's out of mind, out of sight, and not necessarily even put it on your internet banking feed so you cannot see it because if it's there, you can you know, touch it. If you know it's just happening, it's also, you know, a secret squirrel account that keeps building and it's a nice (laughs) surprise.
0: (laughs) So rates on term deposits are pretty high at the moment. I'm pretty sure I saw one the other day that was like 5%. Um, Is it a good idea for a, a savings goal like a house deposit
2: to lock that away in a high interest TD for five years? Five years is probably a bit long, um, but again, it comes down to what your plan is and how you think the, the progression of your savings is going to be. Term deposits are absolutely paying the most at the moment. So, you know, you've got six months at 4.75, you've got some terms at 4.6. Your general savings account, even your high interest earning accounts have requirements where your term deposit, it's locked in, you know you're going to get that um, compounded interest. So I would absolutely recommend a term deposit at this stage, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I guess like you never know when... You know banks might start cutting rates as well so those high yeah. interest savings accounts might start going you know back you know under the fives under the fours who knows could go back under like you know three two one like you don't know so you could put it in that and then just you know not be getting your bang for your buck so i guess a td might seem like maybe more of a reasonable choice given we're not too sure what's going to happen you know in the next i guess year or so with yeah, um absolutely
2: i'm all about hedging your, yeah hedging your bets Um, So, at the moment, you know, I haven't seen term deposit rates this high. When I was back in the bank, they were at um, 1-2%, back where our mortgage rates were two years ago. Um, So, absolutely, it's, you know, your goal is to save as much money and have your money working for you um, at every opportunity. So, at the the current rates, term deposits is the way to go.
1: Okay. And what about the gender pay gap? So, we know that that is like, a really serious issue. And one of the key reasons why women you know, are struggling to save more for a house deposit and it takes them a lot longer. What's your take on this? And are there any other reasons why it's harder for women to save a deposit and enter the market?
2: Well, I don't think that's a gender issue. I think anyone trying to save in this current market is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the the pay gap and the the super contribution levels that we have is is an issue, and obviously we talk about this quite often. And, and there's things being addressed to rectify that. Um, back to the the pay um, a gender issue that women need to be forthright in how much they're worth. We don't, one, apply for the jobs that we should um, where we'll look at a job description and we'll go, well, we can do two of those job description roles but we won't apply because we can't do the other eight. Where men, they apply knowing they can do one and they'll just wing it. Um, But, you know, and we don't put ourselves forward. And then when it comes time to discuss um, the salary, we we don't ask for what we want we, we sometimes just say oh, okay yeah we're happy with that so there's a few steps that we need to have more confidence um, as women and we are deserving of it um, I always talk to my clients about when they're having a break to have children, um, around talking with their wealth advisors, around their, their husbands or partners contributing to their superannuation during that period so that there is no no gap. We don't know what happens in people's lives. You know, they might be very happily married now and then 10, 15 years, they're not married and they've missed out on 10 years of superannuation because they've been looking after the family and the children. So that's something I always talk to my female friends about is when you are going on maternity leave, speak to your wealth advisor about your husband contributing to your superannuation during that period. So there's no gap. Um, But, yeah, it's always we've got to ask for what we want. We deserve it. Um, There shouldn't be um, a pay gap at all for for gender. Um, And I think we just need to keep working and to make sure that, you know, it decreases quickly.
0: I agree. 100%. 100%. So with the state of the economy at the moment, I've heard a lot of stories anecdotally of millennials and Gen Zs who are quietly quitting the idea of home ownership because they're working really hard. Some of are working two jobs and they still can't afford a home at the moment with the high cost of living. Um, for a lot of Gen Zs like Canon and millennials like myself, this is the first um, near recession that we've lived through as adults. Do you have any like words of reassurance for us? Is it going to get better?
2: It has to get better. <laughs> um, well, I hope it gets better. Um, I know that, yeah. you know, my clients and a lot of people are feeling it. Um, I definitely think our expectations are too high. Um, we are used to getting what we want sooner. Um, I remember, you know, mum and dad would say, you know, always save for what you want. Don't buy the TV, um, yeah. you know, on credit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We are struggling through that at the moment. So the advice that I would give is buy in the areas that you can afford now just to get into the market. Um, Unfortunately, it might be half an hour or 45 minutes for any friends and family. But if that's where you can afford to get into the market, it's a short term play for a long term play. So you're going to get in the market is, is your main aim. Um, And then in five years, you're going to get some, you know, growth in your property, you might then have the opportunity to sell and then move back into the area that you're thinking um, is where you want to reside and start your family or, you know, have tenure. Um, But unfortunately, it's a struggle for most, but you've just got to keep at it.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, it's you feel bad for all those people like I guess like for (laughs) M, if she wasn't M's going away at the end of the year for a massive trip I guess if you weren't going away M, and you know all that money that you're saving for Europe would that even be enough to be your house deposit?
0: uh, I don't think I mean yeah unless I moved like quite far out I think it would potentially or maybe like get me an apartment or something like that but yeah I think I'd still even even now would have to save for like another couple of years but um yeah,
2: yeah it's, it is tricky, absolutely. Um, I look at my nieces and nephews and they're all currently getting into the market and without their family support or a mm. grandfather's inheritance or a grandmother's inheritance, there's no way they would have been able to get into the market. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's really difficult. Um, but I always sometimes talk to friends as well, buying the areas that you... Um, don't want to live and rent in the areas that you do so you know it doesn't always need to be the home that you live in if you want to get into the market you can buy an investment property um like an apartment which is much cheaper or smaller um in the areas that you don't want to live in just to see that you get into the market
1: yep and hopefully you know for people like em and everyone else that you know house price i mean they're saying they're gonna keep rising but um Hopefully everything calms down so so more of us you know can get in but that's all we have time for today thank you so much Ray for for speaking with us on the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast
2: thanks for having me
0: So people save and save and save to buy their house or their dream house whatever but with house prices just never ending to seemingly never ending to go up it's just becoming more and more unattainable um I know that for me I've been saving for a while now a few years and I still can't really picture myself kind of getting into the market um that's also just because I'm not really in a place where I'm ready to buy anyway but um I imagine for people that are really thinking about it I've yeah I've heard like I said before in the interview I've had so many stories about people who are quietly quitting the idea of home ownership and in our economy they're just looking at house prices and going I'll never be able to get in so what's the point of even trying kind of thing yeah. um and just like spending their money how they want to but if you do really want to get into the market and that is your dream we have given we've sort of calculated um how much you would need to save in order to avoid lenders mortgage insurance so here are some examples um let's say the house you want to purchase is $800,000 if you're really desperate to get into the market and you've only saved a five percent deposit which is 40k you'll be required to pay 31,000 in LMI costs which is such a massive chunk so like you may as well knuckle down and save up a little bit longer anyway to avoid paying so much it just seems like a bit of a Bit of a waste of money to pay all that in LMI.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you just save for a couple more years extra, you could save up a 10% deposit, which is $80,000, and then you would only be paying $17,000 in lender's mortgage insurance costs. Or knuckle down for a little bit longer again, you could save up a 15% deposit, which is only $8,000 in LMI costs. So going from that 5% deposit to 15% deposit, You're going from $31,000 in LMI cost to $8,000 in LMI cost, which is just a huge amount in itself. Um, Or you could get all your dollar bills in order, save up 20%, which is $160,000, and then there is no LMI cost to you. But, geez, like I just can't even imagine saving $160,000. Like who has that money in their account? Only like millionaires, billionaires. Like. I could just like yeah. n- like never in my life imagine having just $160,000 lying around. But, I mean, you never know. Um, and for fun, Emma and I just now crunched some numbers. And let's say you save $400 a week, which is $20,800 a year. It would take you eight years to save a $160,000 deposit. And by then, who knows if house prices have risen or things might have even changed in your financial <clears throat> and personal life. Mm. There are some government grants and
0: schemes if you can't save that much money. And I think most of us probably couldn't unless you maybe get like a big um, inheritance amount. Um, And even in this economy, saving that much just seems quite out of reach. So there Mm. are some government grants and schemes that you might be able to apply for to help you out. Uh, Under the Home Guarantee Scheme, there are three different options that you could consider. There is the First Home Guarantee to support eligible first home buyers to buy their first home sooner with a deposit as little as 5%. Uh, There are 35,000 places available each financial year and the government will guarantee the remaining amount of that deposit. if you're a regional first-home buyer, there's the aptly named regional first-home buyer guarantee. <laughs> um, so you can buy a home in a regional area. With that, um, from the 1st of October 2022, there are 10,000 places available each financial year. And there's also the family home guarantee um, to support eligible single parents with at least one dependent child to buy a home with a deposit as little as 2%. Wow. Um, and there are 5,000 places available each financial year as well.
1: Yeah. And these are all without, like, you don't have to pay LMI. So if you really only have, you know, about a 5% deposit saved, there is help, you know, to those who need it. And if you are eligible, seriously consider applying because you might, you know, be able to get into the market sooner, which is absolutely fantastic if it all works out for you. But that's all we have time for today, guys. Hopefully, we've set, we've shed some light on how you can build up your house deposit and get into the market sooner. If you like the episode, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Speak to you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Any advice shared here is general in nature and should not be relied upon to make a financial decision.